Come on, has he saved your life tonight? Woo! Thank you for the blood that's been applied tonight. I'm glad that he saved my life. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Look at somebody before you sit down and say, man, I'm glad that you're here tonight. Amen. Man, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. We appreciate you tonight coming out on this Wednesday night and us praying and just trusting God that God will just come and minister and bless our hearts. Appreciate the praise team and, and worshiping the Lord with us and, and just allow them to bring the presence of God in the house tonight. Man, it's, it's, just a, it's just amazing when God just shows up and his presence is made known. I, I don't know uh, what I would do without him tonight. What I'd do without him, man, he just, he saved my soul, he delivered me and set me free and gave me a, uh, it's, it's just a good life living for the Lord. While I'm talking, if you would, turn your Bibles to the book of Psalms. We appreciate you tonight and uh, appreciate everything that you do and offering tonight. I don't know if we mentioned that or not, but give offering tonight in the back of the church and tithes and offering, whatever you have to give, let God bless you. And we just thank God that you're here with us. I want to talk for a few minutes. I know it's Wednesday night, and, and we're always into a, a prayer meeting, and we've been praying for the last four years, I guess, and uh, believing and trusting God to move mountains and make ways in our lives, and not just in our lives, but in your life and the church's life, and uh, uh, just believing God's just going to open up the windows of heaven and pour us out blessings that... There's just not room enough to contain. <clears throat> I want to speak just for a minute to, uh, my mind's went uh, several different places over the last week or so and uh, trying to get the thought of God and the mind of God on what God would have us to uh, speak about. But, I, you know, I just come up with the thought that what is God to you tonight? What is he to you? Uh, who is he to you? Uh, how important is he and uh, what is he to the body of Christ and what is the significance of Christ being in our lives in the first place? Uh, you know, have you ever got to a place in your life that you've ever <clears throat> wondered, thought, you know, uh, man, is this thing real? You know, I, I talk to Brother Randy on a daily basis, and, and we confer with one another a lot. Uh, you got friends that you confer back and forth with a lot and talk to, and you, you got people that you just know that if you're home, your spouse is there and your children's there, and you, you convey and you talk back and forth to them. And uh, we got a God that we seemingly talk to, but we can't see him in the natural realm. You know, and sometimes it's just hard to trust something that you cannot see. I mean, I'm just being real and raw tonight. It is. It's, it's hard sometimes. And, and I thought, man, you know, God, I believe that you can move mountains. I believe that you can do anything because I go by what your word says. And I trust that the scriptures is inspired by God and that was moved, was moved on as a spirit led them to write the word of God. And, and so my mind is and my heart is and my faith is I trust in his word. But in the natural, there is times that we wonder, is it really real? I've heard men tell me before, I've heard people tell me before, you know, Brother Burton, if it ain't real, I haven't lost a thing in serving God because I've been good. 
You heard that people say that to you before? I'm not lost anything if this thing ain't real, but I'm here to tell you it is real. But I was thinking about a guy by the name of John the Baptist. The other day we was at the house and we had a, uh, we was eating and after we got done eating we had a devotion and Connie said just tell us some stories about certain things in the Bible. Just, you know, elaborate and tell me and Bradley some stories and let us catch on to it. And so I began to talk and I didn't know where I was going, but I ended up going to John the Baptist. And one of the things that was astonishing to John the Baptist, when John the Baptist's back was to the wall and when his life was changing and everything about him was beginning to be different than before. Matter of fact, he told uh, in one area of the Bible, he said, listen, I must decrease, but he must increase. He talked about that his cousin or Jesus was going to be lifted up and he's going to step back out of the way. Well, it come to a point that John the Baptist was in that area of his life. And he looked at two of his disciples. He said, would you do me a favor, boys? He said, go ask if he's the one. He said, go ask if he's the one. Man, I don't want to miss this thing. If he's not the one, I got to get out of here, and I still got to go to that one. But there was a slight moment in John the Baptist's life that he probably questioned this thing. And all of a sudden, the disciples go, and I don't know what happened that day, where they was at and what was all going on. I know where they was at and what was going on, but I don't know what crowd that Jesus was in and what his disciples was doing but I do know the two disciples was following Jesus and they asked him they said Jesus John told us to come and asked us if you're the one and he simply said this he said go tell him what you're seeing he said go tell him that the blind see he said tell him that the deaf hear and that the lame walk and all of a sudden the disciples went back and told John what it was. Can you imagine the relief that was on John's life? See, there's times in life that we go through, church, that we begin to question certain things about our relationship with God. Lord, am I just praying just to hear my uh, prayers just bounce off the ceiling? No, we're praying to a real God. We're praying to a God that really loves us tonight. And aren't you glad that John knew that it was God, but he just needed some kind of confirmation that God is real. And sometimes, church, we got to get to a place in our lives that we just get along with God and said, God, I just got to know that I know that I know. And in Psalms 18, it simply says this. <clears throat> I think in verse 2, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and my horn of my salvation, my stronghold. And I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So I ask you tonight, church, who is God to you? Psalmist David said he was his stronghold. God is many things to many people. Some people... Uh, Maybe look to God as simply a curse word. You know that's true, right? Some just spew words out of the mouth and 
Others do it in a fit of rage. To others, God is simply non-existent. To some others, God is just of no real importance to their everyday living. He's, he's, he's nice in thought, but so what? For some, he's one that they feel they can turn to in times of crisis, but ignore during the, the good times in their life. To very few, God is all important to their very existence. To very few, there's a lot that just don't care. When we, everybody wants to go to heaven, but they don't want to serve God to get there. When you go to a funeral, I can promise you 90% of the people will end up telling you he's in a better place or she's in a better place, but he's non-existent to them in their everyday lives, but only in the time of tragic. The Lord is my rock. In the Greek, that means simply that the Lord is my foundation. And I hope tonight that God is our foundation tonight. God should be the foundation of all of our lives Every wise man and woman in this room should have God as their foundation. In the upper, in the living during the, excuse me, the wise person finds that God's early in life. Sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. I didn't, well, I found him early, I guess, at the age of 21, but Brother Randy found him in his 30s, right? We find God at different points and times in our life, but when we find him or he finds us, I was lost, he wasn't. But when we come to get to know him, then we figure out who he is. And the wise person keeps on serving him. The Christian's life should be revolved around the Lord and the things totally of the Lord. We fight sometimes because we think, can we do this or can we do that? We try to figure out how close we can get to sinning and how much we can get to doing wrong, and we'll say, I don't know if this is wrong. I don't know if that's wrong. Some people says tattoos is wrong. Some people says a little curse word's wrong. Some people says this is wrong. But is it really wrong? Somebody said, well, I can have occasional drinks, so is that really wrong? And sometimes we try as Christians just get as close to sin as we can. But really for the Christian that really loves the Lord, you don't worry about those things. We worry about what is good that pleases God. If you build your life on less than God, you will be in a serious trouble. A life built on riches and wealth is a life wasted. A life built on fame and applause, applause will be all come to naught. A life built on the monetary thrills and satisfactions of this world will only end up with an empty life. If you build your life on the shifting sands of this present world, it will never stand when the testing comes. And can I tell you, I'm saying this tonight because I believe that we are going to, in the near future, go through a lot of testing times. Our world is changing every day, folks. Our lives are changing all the times. And when the rubber meets the road, are we going to stand the test of times? When Jesus said this simple word, he said, when I come back to earth or when I come back, will I find faith on earth? Who is he to you? When he comes back, can he find faith in you? That God through all the things that the sinking sands and all the waves of life, I stood strong and believed in you all the way through it tonight. See, that's what God's looking for in a relationship in our lives. 
Because if we don't stand strong, and we're not going to make it in this world. See, we're living in the last of the last of the last days. We're watching things unfold before our very eyes tonight. We have the privilege and the honor to watch God's work, handiwork at work tonight. We're seeing things shift and take place in this spiritual world that we're in tonight. But we're also seeing what's happening in the natural that's changing the realm of things. And so when we see all of this developing, God says, who are we to him or who is he to us? Can we stand during these times when the storm comes? Are you going to be able to withstand when the rocks and the winds begin to blow and throw our way? Are we going to be able to stand and say, God is the horn of my salvation. God is my foundation. I shall not be moved. Just like a tree planted by the water, I shall not be moved. Are we going to be able to stand in the times and the storms when life really hits us? We've not seen nothing yet, church. But when they come in and say, you can't preach no more, are we still going to preach the infallible, the unchangeable word? When they tell you you cannot gather together anymore, are you going to try to find somebody with like faith like you that gets together and says, I'm still going to believe God's going to see me through it tonight. Are we going to come to a place that we're going to stand or where nobody else is going to stand? Say, Brother Burton, we live in America. It will never happen to us. Be careful. Because what if it does? What if it comes our way? What if the winds of the opposition's blows against our life? Will we crumble? Will we not be on the right foundation? I'm wondering tonight that I wonder how many people that says I'm a Christian that goes to church that really thinks that they're going to heaven, but if the rapture would sound tonight in this building, who really would go? I thought about that. Joe Carpenter said he's going to be left behind to still preach to the ones that didn't make it. <laughs> I said, you go for it, Joe. <laughs> but in all reality, what if the trump of God sounds? Is our foundation secure enough tonight that we know what he is to us? That's the scary part. God will be a strong and a firm foundation Winds and waves and storms don't bother God at all. Come on. He said, one could, one could fall by your wayside. One could fall by your right. Uh, a thousand could fall by your right hand. But he said, it shall not come nigh unto you. Talking about the church. So Jesus is not concerned about the world or what's going to happen in the world. I believe that, 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 that we could see the hand of God in operation when we got to stand up for what we really believe is truth and what really is the word of God and what God declares is truth. I believe if the church really truly stands, there's no devil in hell or out of hell or any demonettes around that could stop the church from keep going because you're standing on a firm foundation tonight. And when you stand on that foundation, it's not going to go anywhere. You can stand in the storm and let it blow, let it muster up all the speed that it's got, let the winds, let the waves, let the storm do everything that it wants to do. But as God said, it doesn't bother him, it ought to not bother the church. Who is he tonight to you? If your foundation is firm in God, he can speak the word and the winds would 
and will not assault you. They will lay down at his feet like a little whimpering pup just by the words of God. If your foundation is firm, he can speak to the mountain and the mountain has to go. See, God is also our fortress. That word fortress in the Greek simply means the mountain. He's a stronghold. See, God is a stronghold that Satan cannot conquer or destroy. Satan tries to conquer you. He can't. You are God's property tonight. Who are you in God? I'm God's property. God's, God's my God. He's my Lord. I was thinking about, I always at night go through the house and I make sure all the doors are locked. I live in the country, rural area, but I still make sure the doors are locked, make sure my truck's locked. I always do that. And I always, I know this is crazy, but I always make sure I know where my gun's at. See, I didn't used to have to worry about that, but I do these days. But I know Connie and I know Briley is in the house. And so I know within me, they'll be safe because I'm there, Brother Randy. I'll do everything in my power to make sure that no harm comes upon them because they're mine. And God looks down from heaven and he sees what the earth is going through and what the world's happening. And God don't get caught off guard of nothing. And, you know, a lot of people says, well, if things are winding up, ain't the world in trouble? Yeah, the world's in trouble, but the church is not. I want to be like Israel when God brought the people out of, out of Egypt in the bondage land. When Pharaoh was suffering and the, the, the cattle was all in trouble and the, the people of Israel, I mean, uh, people of the Pharaoh's family and all of them was suffering. Israel's right over here on the next side of them and everything's being prosperous and everything's being good. You know why? Because... They was in God's hands. So he is our God. He's our strength. He's our fortress. God will not <clears throat> build an in, in a wall around you that he cannot hold. You are God's property, not Satan's property. As long as you stand in Christ, you are not going to be defeated by the wicked one. It doesn't matter if the enemy has your children. It doesn't matter if the enemy has your spouse. It doesn't matter if the, uh, the enemy has your parents. It doesn't matter what the en- you might think the enemy's got. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I will believe this till the day I die. Jesus told me if I be faithful, he will save my whole household. I'm that wayward child, that wayward son, I don't care who they are, that person's got to come back because Jesus promised me as long as I stand true to him through the thick and the thin that he's going to take care of mine. So he's going to take care of yours. Doesn't matter. Some of us have seen God do great miracles already. Listen, honey, if you ain't seen it, it's on its way. If it's not come to your house, it's coming. If you haven't seen the blessings and the God do miracles, hold on. It's fixing to take place. He said, I'll not withhold anything from them that love me. So he's got your back tonight. And I know i got to hurry. I'm getting ready to close. Satan will threaten you and roar as a lion, but God is our fortress. The devil's already been defeated, foe, and he will be defeated in your life. Listen, church, who is he? Is he your God? Is he your Lord? Is he your Redeemer? Is he your shield? Is he your buckler? 
Is he your strong and is he is he your strong and high and mighty tower? Is he the one that you cling to in the time of trouble? Even though John the Baptist had a moment in his life and we all have a moment in our life at times that we question and we wonder. I've had a person call me the other day and said, is it, said, man, am I crazy because I'm questioning something right now? See, we've all had those moments. But then Pastor Randy or Pastor Miller get up Somebody get up and speak a word of God and begin to say, you know, God spoke to me and said, somebody's in here that's been struggling. The thought's been coming to their head that you're not saved. You, you, you didn't get saved. Your, your family's not saved. You're, the devil's just beating up on you. And, you know, they'd be saying something that, that you're not going to get your blessing. But I'm here to tell you that your blessing's on its way. And all of a sudden, something leaps in your spirit. You say, man, he's talking to me. See, we need somebody to talk to us every now and then. That's why the Bible said, how can they be saved unless they hear somebody preach to them? Sometimes we got to hear the word to provoke us to good works. That's why he said to iron sharpens iron. That's why he said in Hebrews, assemble yourselves the more as we see that day approaching. That's why he said that we're to encourage one another, lift up one another, provoke each other to good works. We can't do that if we're not around each other. But when you come and you're down, you're discouraged, and the enemy's had a heyday with you all week, all of a sudden somebody gets up and speaks and preaches the infallible, the unchangeable word, and all of a sudden something leaps in your spirit, and you leave today because you know that God has been in the house. John was able to go on with his life and soon die beheaded because he knew that he was the one. See, when you know that he is the one, it changes everything. It changes all of our perspective because we know that he's the one. And John the Baptist, even though we think, man, he, he, he baptized Jesus and he even told Jesus, you have need, I have need to be baptized of you. But he said, suffer it to be so now that we could fulfill this thing. You and I, John's got some fulfilling to do. <clears throat> but yet John wondered in his thoughts, in his mind, is he the one? Sometimes we think that devil is so big and so powerful you know the bible says in the old testament i don't know the scripture right quite yet if i say it i'll say the wrong one but he said that when 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 you and i look upon him when we see satan as he is you know what we're going to do we're going to look and say are you kidding me he's the one that deceived all the nations he's the one that messed me up at times are you kidding me he's the one that I was scared of. We're going to be at all when we see him. The Bible declares that when we see him, we're going to say, is he the one that subdued kingdoms, that destroyed lives? See, we don't really understand the importance of how powerful the church is tonight. He's my deliverer in the Greek, it seems. My deliverer in the Greek just simply says he's the one that helps me to escape from the fiery darts of the wicked. See, our deliverer helps us escape the storms of life. 
and all the things that's happening in our life. He helps us to escape those things. Satan is trying everything he can to change our world in which we live in and our society in which we live in. And things are changing like never before, but church, I want to say, who is God to you? <clears throat> who is he? Is he just a God that we pray to every now and then and, and we pray and we, we, leave our, we leave our prayer and I don't, I don't think much is going to happen anyways, but I'm praying, you know, Lord, if you don't mind, heal such and such or deliver such and such. And uh, God, I got a phone call that this person need prayer and I prayed for him, but I'm not expecting much, Lord, but I'm doing it anyways. Or is he a guy, a God that we look at is, I know that when I pray, he hears me. I know that when I speak that he takes notice of what my conversation is. <clears throat> it is God's will. It is God's will for us to be victorious and overcomers in this daily walk that we walk. It's God's will that you are victorious tonight. It's a God's will that you are daily an overcomer. It's God's will. God gets no glory when you live in the pit of depression and gloom. In fact, it causes God <clears throat> in fact God causes you to escape from that kind of stuff. He is the driving force behind your complete and total deliverance from despair and gloom. All of God's power is at your disposal to use it against the enemy when he would come and cast you down. We all visit the valley of the shadow of death. We've all been there at one time in our life. But it is not God's will for you to dwell there indefinitely. Elijah went through the valley of depression when Jezebel was after him, but God delivered him. David went through <clears throat> times of depression and uh, despondency. We know because of the tone of some of his, of his psalms. But God was faithful and delivered him. When your back is up against the wall, God will build a door and make a way of escape for you. Trust your father tonight because he loves you. I believe there's men in here tonight that will do everything they can for their family. They try to provide. They try to work hard. They try to do everything they can. And if, if their child is sick, I don't care if they're 40 years old. If you can help them, you're going to help them. It never changes in the heart of a father or a mother, does it? You're going to do what you have to. When, they, when you even get mad at them and say, Dad, gum it, when are they going to learn? You still help them because you love them. Well, if we can do that in the human nature, in the human flesh, how much greater does our Heavenly Father do it to us? So would you stand with me tonight in closing? All good things work together for the good to them that love the Lord, to them that are called according to his purpose. He that has begun a good work in you will make sure that he finishes it out in your life. He wouldn't start something in you if he can't finish it. But if he started it, he's going to finish it tonight. God wants to be your source of strength. He wants to supply your every need. He owns it all. He owns all that exists in this universe and all other universes. And he will not, and he will bankrupt heaven to be your God. You are not the child of a pauper, but you are a child of the king.
One more time, you are not a child of the pauper, but you're a child of the king tonight, church. So I want to encourage you tonight that in by way of prayer as we begin to pray. I said it earlier, and I, and I truly mean this. There is times that we all feel like that God is a million miles away, and sometimes we, you know, question, Lord, do you even love me? Am I even saved? I've, I've had men in this church come to me that's been growing in the Lord, and they've even asked me, man, sometimes I don't even feel like I'm saved. I just don't feel like God's hearing me. And I looked at him, I said, man, you're saved to the bone. I said, when he saved you, he saved you. He don't change his mind halfway through it. <laughs> it ain't long. The next week you'll see him and say, man, God's so good, ain't he? See, there's just times we just hit rough bumps in the road. I come by to encourage you tonight that don't let the rough bumps in the road keep you, but let them pass by. Because I always say, Lord, what time I'm afraid I'm going to trust you. Lord, when everything around me is going wrong and I don't know what's happening, I'm still going to trust you. When my back is to the wall and I don't know which way to go, God, I'm going to trust you. See, we've been there. So, in way of prayer tonight, I, I want you to come. Those that, that those that has been going through a struggle, let's first get you up here where you feel like you've just been dumped on and feel like that things that could go wrong has gone wrong. And if you're here, we want to pray with you for sure tonight before we dismiss. So while they're playing in the background, would you, would you just make a way up here? If not, I'm going to call the whole body in just a minute. But I want you to come that would like to come and say, you know, I've been beat on. There have been times I feel like God wasn't nowhere around. But tonight, he's around tonight, church. He's around tonight. He's here just especially for you and for me. He wants to provoke the church and let them know that, hey, it doesn't matter what's going to happen in the near future in America. I got your back. I've got you. You're going to be okay. I'm going to take care of my church trouble's going to be when the church is gone but I'm going to take care of you while you're here okay for the church would you come with us tonight and just come and gather around we're going to say a word of prayer we're just going to trust God and believe God tonight that God will move mountains in our lives that God will provoke each other and one of us all of us to good works that God will just encourage us tonight because I know some could have come but didn't come but it doesn't stop the fact that God still don't know where they're at and where you're going and what you've been through. He's here tonight to strengthen the body. He's here to encourage you. He just says, listen, pray when you don't feel like praying. Seek me when you don't feel like seeking me. Trust me when you don't feel like trusting me. Call upon me when you feel like I'm a million miles away and I promise you I'm right there. See, God wants you to be encouraged in the fact that he's your God. He's not going to withhold anything good from you. He's going to move mountains in your life. He's going to make ways in your life. He's your God. He's your redeemer. He's your shield. He's your buckler tonight. 
He knows what you have need of before you even ask him. Father, I just pray tonight, God, as they've gathered together in this place and we're praying, we just trust you, God, for every need, for every situation, for every person that's here that's going through things, that's going through situations that's way beyond their control tonight, God. I, I pray for the body as we come together, Lord, that we pray for one another, God, that we sharpen one another, God. We encourage one another, those that need a special touch. Would you just breathe upon them tonight, the blessings of God, the Holy Spirit, would you come and saturate them tonight, God, as they come by faith, Lord. And sometimes we simply walk by faith because everything in front of us seems like it's gloom and doom. But we're here tonight, God, because we believe and we trust you in every circumstance of our life, God. Lord, we believe that you're able to move mountains right now, Lord. Lord, we believe that you're able to do things in our life that, God, that only you could do. When our back's to the wall, God, you said that you'll make a door for us to escape. And God, I believe there's some under the sound of my voice tonight that their back is truly against the wall. And Lord, they don't know which way to go because everything in front of them is gloom and doom. And there's no escape route in the back, but God, I pray that you come tonight. That this service tonight would be a service that would open up that door and that victory would be in their lives. And God, when they get up, Lord, that they'll not be like they came in Jesus' name. That they'll not be like they came, God, because you come and minister to them, God, that you come and move the mountains and the obstacles, God. You are the refuge tonight. You are our strong and mighty tower, God. You are that one that we cling to in the time of trouble, God, as the body, as a body fitly jointed together, Lord. If my brother's hurting, I'm hurting. If my sister's going through something, I'm going through something tonight, God. Lord, we, we, we pray, God, for one another, God. We lift up, we encourage each other, God. We, we provoke each other to good works, God. We, we, we come because we know that this is a place. This is the sanctuary of God. This is a safe place for us. This is our hiding place, God. This is a place of refuge. These altars is because you have allowed us to come to your place and to be able to kneel and, and cry and confess and pray and believe that, God, we're here tonight because you are our tower. You're our stronghold, God. Lord, that's what the altars are for, for deliverance. The altars are for forgiveness. The altars are for restoration. The altars are for victory tonight, God. Lord, they're for victory that we can walk in it, God. They're for you to make a way in our lives where there seems to be none. These altars are here that you might be, in, be encouraged by you. Lord, that we don't leave here like we came in Jesus' name, God. That when we come to the altar of God in this house, it's a place that we come and cling to because we know that God is in the midst of the body. We come to this place because we know God. If I could just make it to the altar tonight, I know that everything would be all right. If I could just come to your house, God, I know that I'll be okay. 
See, because in your presence, God, there's fullness of joy. In your presence, there's joy unspeakable and full of glory. In your presence, God. In your presence, God. I'll not leave here like I came in Jesus' name. God, we come to the sanctuary of the Lord because it's our place that we can run to. We come because my brothers and my sisters are here and I love them and they love me and we can provoke each other to good works. We're in this place because, God, we need one another. We encourage one another, God. You lift us up together, God. You help us to take another step for another week at times, God. Lord, we're here tonight. We're fitly joining together because you have made us one body. You have made us one body, complete body, Lord. And if the arm hurts, we all hurt. If the foot is stumped, God, then we're all stumped. If the mind is bothered, Lord, then we let our minds be bothered. But God, we come because we know that it doesn't last in the presence of the Lord. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his glory filled the temple. We come into this place because we believe in your presence. We come in this place because we believe in your glory. We just simply come tonight, God, because we know that you're here. In times of doubt, in times of frustration, in times of concern, in times of not being sure, at the end of the day, we come. Our brother or sister just comes by and says, listen, God's got your back. And all the wondering if you heard our prayers or not, God, all of a sudden they go away because we're in your presence. Because we're in your presence, God. Because, God, we come and we brought fellowship to you. We begin to sup with you and you sup with us. And everything that seems so dark and gloom, it goes away.